Blog Talk Radio. Do you make Christian music and you want to release it online without paying hefty yearly fees? Your best choice is GodTunesMusic.com. Coming back. <laughs> Amazon MP3 or Beatport. Sign up now and take your music to the next level. Godtunes Music. Put that on. The largest Christian music digital distributor on the web.
Good morning, everyone. This is Pastor Angela Payton from Grace Through Faith Worship Center. And so we are are here on Saturday morning from uh, 8 to 8.30, and uh, we're here to do intercessory prayer. I just want to inform everyone that this will be the last intercessory prayer session that we will be having on the Blog Talk Radio um, I felt led to move it to our nine uh right before our nine thirty service on Sundays. Nine thirty service on Sundays. And uh so we will uh we'll be discontinuing this uh uh series um on the blog talk radio, but you can find us every uh every second Sunday of the month. It'll be on second Sundays of the month from eight to eight thirty. Uh, at the at the location at the church. Um, more than likely, um, I'm not sure right now whether it will be teleconferenced uh, through free conference call, but we will uh, let you know that um, uh, whether or not we will either do it via, via uh, blog talk or free conference call on that Sunday for it to be recorded. Um, that that may take uh, a little bit of. Uh, um, we need to think that through, but uh, we will have corporate prayer. We're calling it corporate prayer on every uh, second Sunday of the month from 8.30 to 9. Amen. You know, we have to learn how to shift with God, and so we're shifting and uh, moving and making changes. Um, we we have established a permanent place. And we want to utilize that place for the glory of God. And we encourage you to step out in faith and come out and see us um, on Sundays. Um, uh, This coming um, Sunday we will have um, communion, healing school, and uh, this uh, upcoming Sunday. And uh, we, uh, September, the first week of September. And we will also we will also be having our first face to face Bible study on Thursday, September the third. Thursday, September the third, seven to eight fifteen. Seven to eight fifteen this coming Thursday. So we're really excited um about the Thursday Bible study series that we're um going to be launching this Thursday. You'll be seeing more information about it. Um but we just want to uh uh, inform you of that um, as we uh, make some changes to our scheduling so that we are having more time of corporate gatherings um, with the body of believers. Amen. You know, one thing that I have really been um, uh, blessed with is that I love the Lord, and I know that you guys on the phone love the Lord too, 
but that we learn to move when God is moving. We learn to be still when God is saying for us to be still. We learn to move with the Holy Spirit and to be led of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's like uh, dancing, if you will. Whoever's taking the lead, you just learn to follow. And when the Holy Spirit is taking the lead on things and even little small things and changes in our lives and things that we may need to make adjustments with, we learn to move with Him. Amen? So that is what we're going to be doing. Um, we're going to be shifting it uh, to Sunday, Sunday, Sunday mornings um, <clears throat> starting in the month of September. Um, on second Sunday, so that will be September the 13th, will be our next session. Um, and uh, it will be corporate prayer from 8.30 to 9 on at Duval Village, at Duval Event Center. And we'll send out constant contact information about it um, so you'll know um, the time and place. And um, on September the 3rd, which is that Thursday, we will um, be... Um, recording that session, um, I believe, through free conference calls, so you'll be able to get uh, online as well. Okay, and that that's kind of the way we're doing, we're just trying to shift everything. So as the Lord has been leading, and so uh, that will be the schedule. We'll definitely give people a heads up about that um, um, real soon with the schedules. Okay, let's get into what we're talking about today <clears throat> and just pray. And um, I was looking at uh, Joyce Myers. Anybody that has it, it's a really good devotional. She has a devotional called New Day, New You. Joyce Myers, New Day, New You. Joyce Myers, um, it's a pretty little pink, pink and blue book. But she has 366 devotionals for enjoying everyday life. And I just so happened to be looking through it yesterday as I was sitting at my desk in my cubicle. And I pointed to August the 2nd for some reason, so I started to read it. And it says, let God pay you back. And I'm just going to read this, and for those on the line, you can just follow along with, with the scripture in particular. It says, Matthew 6, Matthew 6 and 12, and it says, and forgive us our sins, just as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. And forgive us our sins, just as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. And, you know, I was reading that scripture, and and I was reading the scripture and saying, Lord, it's, it's, a, it's like a prayer saying, Lord, forgive us the, the debt that we owe you. Forgive us the trespasses that we have trespassed against you as we have chosen to forgive those who have sinned against us. And um, and that part, just as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us, stepped out. The Lord is saying here in this scripture is that those who were who were praying that prayer, those who were making the statement or declaration, was saying, Lord, we've learned, we've 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 learned, or we're learning to forgive those who have sinned against us. And that's that's the statement. Just as we have, it didn't say we're going to, or we're thinking about it. Just as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us, 
forgive us our sins. And it hit me that what he was what they were saying, and this is my commentary, is that they have learned to forgive those who have sinned against them. And they know that God has forgiven them of their sins. You get that? And so it goes on and says, anytime you are hurt by another person, there is always the feeling that he or she owes you something. Likewise, when you hurt someone else, you may have a sense that you need to make it up to him or pay him or her back in some way. Unjust treatment, abuse of any kind, leaves an unpaid debt in the spirit realm. Such debts are felt in the mind and the emotions. If revengeful feelings from what others owe you or from what you owe them become too heavy or linger in your heart too long, you may even see unhealthy results in your body. Jesus taught his disciples to pray and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven, left, remitted, and let go of the debts and have given up resentment against our debtors. Let me repeat that again. It says, Jesus taught his disciples to pray. He taught them to pray. He taught them to say, this is this is going to be my protocol. This is going to be how I act. This is going to be my actions when something occurs like this. This is going to be what I'm, this is my attitude towards when someone does something against me. You know, sometimes when I hear people and they say, well, somebody did something against me and I'm going to get them, or I'm going to uh, be a person of revenge, I'm going to find out a way. That That is their particular attitude. But Jesus here is teaching his disciples what their attitude towards a debt should be what a debt should be. And so many people in the body of Christ, they're not being taught what their attitudes and positions in life should be. That's called discipleship. And what I would say to you, you cannot get that being a lone ranger. You're not going to get that by not fellowshipping with the body of Christ on a daily basis. See, some people... You know, you can get some, and I'm not saying you can't get some. You can't you can't grow by listening to people on television, this and that. There's some value to that, but there's nothing like growing up and doing life with people who know you personally, who see you for who you are on a daily basis, and can speak into your life and to share with you your ups and downs. That's that's why God created the church. Um, because there's, you know, distant cousins just don't work in an effective manner. You personally won't grow and 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 really launch out and be who all you can be in God without that personal connection. But at any rate, Jesus and his disciples they had this relationship while he was here, and he was discipling them, and he was teaching them how to pray, and he was saying, "This is your position to forgive us." to forgive all debts, and we also have forgiven. What do they have forgiven? They've left it behind. They don't bring it up every five minutes. 
They don't bring it up every 10 minutes. They don't bring up what the past. You know, I've, I've ran into so many people who are embittered. They don't know how to move on. They didn't, They never were discipled or taught that that's just a part of your your DNA. You know you're going to get challenged. You're going to get hurt. But this is this is what you quickly do. You learn to forgive. You you leave it behind. You let go of the debt. You let go of the resentment. And you learn to move on. And so many people are embittered. And they're stuck in time. They're stuck 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Some people are stuck in their childhood. They just can't let it go. They're imprisoned and tormented by things that happened to him to him or to her, and they're stuck, and they can't grow, and they can't move on, and they can't receive from God. It's just like these fortresses, these big walls. And so, you know, I, I don't think it's by half a chance that I so happen to look at Joyce Meyer's book. I've been sitting on my desk for I don't know how long since I've um, been at work, and I rarely ever open the book, but on Friday I decided to just open up the devotional, and it just literally dropped right here to this page. So I just wanted to share it with you today. And he said he was speaking about asking God to forgive our sins, and he referred to them as debts. A debt is something that is owed by one person to another. Jesus said that God will forgive us our debts, release them, and let them go and act toward us as if we had never owed him anything. He also commanded us to behave the same way. And that's why I want to get behave the same way, not mentally think you did it, but literally choose to do it. There's a difference. Sometimes we're super religious and we say, oh, yeah, I'm going to forgive and forgive, but we, we really have never done it. We may mentally think we want to do it, but we've never committed to doing it in our hearts. And so we're still holding on to hurts and bitterness and things like that. He said he also commanded us to behave the same way. And so the commandment is to be obedient to that. You know, when God commands us to do something, it's, it's not an opinion. It's, it's, is God Lord of your life? Is he the one that's leading your life? path or are you leading your life's path? So we have to make a decision. He's commanding us to behave the same way toward those who are in debt to us. It's not a choice. So when we choose not to obey the Lord, then we're stuck. And when we choose not to do what he wants us to do for our benefit, and for the benefit of others, and for the benefit of society. You know, we've seen so many cases and so many things where people are embittered and in strife. And I'm going to go on with a, a, um, uh, another commentary on strife, that they, they allow the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy. In the area of embitterness, in the area of indebtedness, we have to learn to let it go. It says, let God pay you back. Let God pay you back, not some person paid you back that may have wronged you. Or maybe you have wronged someone and you have to forgive yourself. 
It says, once again, let me say that this may sound difficult, but it is much more difficult to hate someone and to spend your entire life trying to collect a debt that the person can never pay. And that's embittered people, people who are just embittered by something. And, you know, they talk about it night and day, and that's all they ever talk about. They cannot get past it. It's just some insatiable thing in them, and they don't know that it's encompassed their whole life. And it's really sad. It says the Bible says that God will give us our recompense. And that's in Isaiah 6, 1, 7, and 8. I never paid much attention to that scripture until some years ago while studying in the area of forgiveness and releasing debts. Recompense is a key word for anyone who has been hurt. When the Bible says that God will give us our recompense, it basically means that God himself will pay us back what is owed. Amen. So uh, I'm I'm sure that that blessed me, and I'm sure it blessed. Um, it's a blessing to you to hear that, and uh, just be encouraged that you know God's way is the best way, and as we learn to humble ourselves under His Word, as we learn to humble ourselves, then we can realize that uh, God is right, we're wrong, and we need to line up with what God is saying so that we can be blessed. God loves us. He lo- He knows our tender hearts. He knows our being, and he knows what's best for us. And he said, I will repay. So uh, let's let's go on. It's another commentary that I wanted to read, um, and uh, it's on August the 3rd, if you ever get the um, uh, book. It says, Avoid strife to maintain peace. Then Abraham talked it over with Lot, and this arguing between our herdsmen has got to stop, he said. After all, we are close relatives. I'll tell you what we'll do. Take your choice of any section of the land you want, and we will separate. If you want that area over there, then I'll stay here. If you want to stay in this area, then I'll move on to another area. Genesis 13, 8 and 9. The relationship between Abram later Abraham and Lot illustrated the importance of maintaining peace in our relationships with others. The importance of maintaining peace in our relationships with others. Genesis 12 records the covenant of peace that God made with Abraham and his heirs. Abraham became extremely rich and powerful because God blessed him. God chose him to be the man through whom he would bless all the nations on the face of the earth. I find it interesting that in the very next chapter, Genesis 13, strife came between Lot and Abraham's herdsmen. Strife is the exact opposite of peace. God gave Abram peace, and Satan went immediately to stir up strife. God gave Abraham peace. And Satan went immediately to stir up strife. You know, that is so interesting. Again, that blessed me yesterday because I was saying, oh, my goodness, you know, so many things are moving and we're just having favor upon favor and then we get areas of strife. And the Lord was just saying that's just par for the course. 
So God wanted to bless Abraham, and Satan wanted to steal his blessing. God was blessing Abraham, and Satan wanted to steal. Again, Satan's protocol is steal, kill, and to destroy. And the the Bible says that Abraham went to Lot and said, let there be no strife. I beg you between you and me, or between your herdsmen and my herdsmen. Genesis 1, 3, and 8. And he told Lot that they were going to have to separate. So Lot, he and he told Lot that they were going to have to separate. So Lot should choose the land he wanted. Abraham would take what was left. It's interesting right here. A couple of things here. One, that Abraham was the bigger person, and he knew that there was strife, and he didn't want that strife to continue or to create seeds in their relationship. He wanted their relationship to be one of peace. And so then he had a solution for that. They were to separate, but they were to separate on what? On good terms. And so he allowed him to pick whatever piece of land he wanted. He didn't say, well, I'll take this and you get get the rest, because he knew Lot's heart. And so he decided to take the lesser part. And so, uh, but the key here is to understand that he didn't want strife, and that's the same thing for us. We don't want to create relationships that are contingent with strife. And some people, you know, in their families, in their dealings with family members and even with their children and things, they have this um, uncanny position of creating some kind of level of strife. And, And so, but God is a God of peace. And even in our families and relationships with people, you know, you want to, it's not saying you're going to have conflict. Conflict is one thing, but to create strife is something different. We are always to propose areas to create peace and contentment within our relationships. And sometimes we have to be the bigger person. We have to say that, you know, you are more important than the things and the stuff that I have. Some people will uh, break up over money, possessions, and things. I have found that to be the case. If it's about money, they will break up over it. If it's about things, they will cause that to be a strife situation. They will cause strife where there is no strife. You know, you're trying to be a peacemaker. See, God called us to be peacemakers, not strife makers. And though we will have conflict in our relationships with misunderstandings or whatever may be the case at the issue, if your heart, see, Abraham's heart was, I don't want any strife. And some people come in, I want strife. I want to start a fight and I want to win. Well, I would say to you, that is not of God. It's of the enemy. And if you have that in the heart, if you have that in your family, something's wrong. It's dysfunctional based on what God's word says. This was a family member. This wasn't somebody that was somebody he didn't know. You're talking about family. Let's talk. And he's saying here, this is family. I don't want to have strife with my family. What do you need, Lot? You can have it. And so Lot, who would have nothing if Lot, who would have nothing if Abram hadn't given it up to him, chose the best part. See, somebody was selfish in the in the equation here. But still, the bigger man, the bigger man or the bigger woman had to step up and said, you know, I'm going to do whatever it takes to have peace. The the Jordan Valley. And Abraham didn't say a thing. He held his peace. He just took the leftovers. 
He knew God would bless him if he stayed in peace. People who walk in peace in order to honor God cannot lose in life. But then God took Abraham up on a hill and said, Now you look to the north and to the south and to the east and to the west, and everything you see I'll give you. What a deal. Abraham gave up one valley, and God gave him everything he could see. And so you don't have to be short-sighted in life. You know, people will fight. I've seen people fight over cheers and pictures and all kinds of things. And it's like if you learn to let it go, God will multiply you ten times. You can't outgive God. You can't outgive God. Some people are so short-sighted because they don't have faith in God. I'm just going to pray, Father, I thank you that you have cattle on a thousand hills, and we don't have to fight over any resources, limited resources or money or finances that we have here on earth. Lord, thank you for the generous heart that will give to advance your kingdom, that's not looking at what's in my hand, that they're looking at what's in their hand to give, that they learn to be a cheerful giver. Guess what? Because the 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 um the water pots don't ever run dry. God is a God with unlimited resources. He's not limited. He's not limited, and neither do we have to be limited. You need to you need to receive that. You don't have to ever be limited by your circumstances or situation. God can turn it around for you. But you have to believe that he's unlimited in his resources. You can look at your checkbook and say, I have no money. You can look at your you know, your food pantry or whatever and say there's no food, you need to look at it and say God is a bountiful God. He is a God that's more than enough. And I'm his child. And because I'm his child, I inherited the great blessings. All I have to do is receive it by faith. And we have to have faith just like a child. You see children, they are carefree, they're not worried, they're not concerned, they just look for stuff and it appears. They ask and they see the results. They learn very early about trust with their parents. They say, well, I ask my parents for food and I get it. I don't, you know, I'm not begging my mama, can I have, maybe you can't. No, they learn early on what a good father and a mother is. Provisions are made. Things are taken care of. Amen. Baby cry, bottle come. Amen. They learn very quickly trust factors. Trust factors. It's very very interesting if you look at children, how quickly needs are met. They don't wait two or three days to get a meal. They, They wait seconds maybe. And good parents, they have food and snacks and all kinds of things packed up. Kids never hungry. Provisions are already thought about. Well, that's the same thing with Jesus. It's the same thing with us. He's not. He. We're not whimpering, waiting on God. Amen. He's already got it. He's already prepared it. It's already there for us. 
All we have to do is receive it. Amen? Praise the Lord. Father, I thank you for provision, O oh Lord. I thank you for the things that people need, those people who need transportation, those folks, people who may need uh, financial means, Lord God. You have it, and we just receive it right now in the name of Jesus. We declare, O oh God, all blessings come from you, O oh Lord. We thank you, O oh God. Lord, just touch our hearts to believe you. Touch us, Lord God, to receive from you and believe you, O oh Lord. That you have all things, all blessings, O oh Lord. I pray for supernatural blessings in the area of finances, supernatural blessings, O oh Lord, in the area of transportation, O oh God. Father, we thank you, Father, for it. We just receive it. We're not going to stop believing you, O oh Lord. We're going to push even further, O oh Lord. When everything says no, we're going to believe you said yes. When everything says no in the natural, Lord God, we know, hallelujah, you're our Father. You're our Father. You're our Daddy. You said yes. And it will materialize in the natural realm. It will materialize in the natural realm. We just have to receive it and believe it. Amen. Amen. Just receive that. Say, Lord, you know I need transportation. And it's already been provided, and I thank you, Father, for it. I thank you, Lord God. I receive it. I'm not going to get frustrated. I'm just going to believe you, oh, Lord. Father, you know I need a new job. Oh, I need a job. Whatever those, I need a, a means to provide for myself. Lord God, you know that. And I thank you that you've already provided. I thank you, Lord God, that you've already provided. I believe it and I receive it into my heart, Lord God. You're a good God. You're a good God all the time. It's never no with you. It's always yes and amen. And I receive it, and I believe it. I won't let my uh, the devil talk me out of what you have already given me. I thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for new opportunities, new jobs, new positions. You're the God that is more than enough. We thank you, Lord God. We praise you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Father, for it. Lord, in the area of healing, Father, I thank you for healing. I thank you for the manifested presence of healing in our bodies, Lord God. We just come to you today and we thank you, Lord God. You're the healer. You're the healer, O oh God. And you said in your word that you've healed us, O oh Lord. And we receive it. We receive it by faith. And then we allow our bodies and every cell in our body to respond to the living word of God. We don't doubt you, O oh God. You're real. You created heaven and earth. You're real. And your word is real. And we need to sow the word of God in our heart. 
so that that word is stronger than any symptom that would ever raise its ugly head against your word. That's where we want to be. Hallelujah. That's where we do strive to be, O oh Lord. Thank you, Jesus. That no symptom would speak louder than your word would ever speak, O oh God, in our hearts, O oh Lord. In our minds, O oh Lord. Your word rings loud, O oh God, that you're the healer, that you've healed us, that you've restored us, O oh Lord. Hallelujah. And every cell has to line up with the word of God. We receive it in the name of Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Every cell normal, every organ in the body normal, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. We just reach out in faith when we receive it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So I hope those commentaries, um, these devotionals help you. I know they were helpful for me. And this last one that the Lord gave me was, um, well, actually there's a couple of more in here. I don't know how much time I had, but this one says enter into his rest. And it says, so then there is still awaiting a full and complete Sabbath rest reserved for the true people of God. For he who has once entered God's rest also has ceased from the weariness and pain of human labor, just as God rested from these labors particularly his own. That's Hebrews 4, 9, and 10. It says, if you are troubled and upset, worried and worn out about all the changes that need to be made in you, why not enter the rest of God? Struggling won't change you, neither will frustration or worry. The more you rest in God, the faster you will see change. The more you rest in God, the faster you will see change. If the canvas struggled under the artist's paintbrush, the painting would never get finished. The canvas is perfectly still, totally submitting to the artist's wisdom and creativity. That is exactly the way we must be with God. He knows that he is doing, he knows what he is doing and how to do it. We should believe in him and enter his rest. And I want to just key on the fact that we should believe in him. And when you believe in him, your situation and circumstances may not look like they change instantaneously. But know that the word of God has gone forth, and it will not turn void. And you know, the word of God is like a seed. It's like if you plant apple seeds, you're going to get an apple. If you plant orange seeds or whatever seeds, it reproduces after its own kind. If you plant the seed of God's word in your heart, it's going to reproduce. It's going to reproduce. It's not going to return boy. God doesn't have bad seeds. He just has people that never planted any. If you don't take the seed of God's word and put it into your heart, into your soil, it's like going out there and digging up a hole in the ground and got seeds in your pocket and you never put it in in your heart. You never put it in your heart, in your psyche. You never put it in your mind. You never plant it in your heart. You know, the truth of a person is in their heart. 
who they really are is is their heart. The heart does matter. It's the core of who you are. Your mind can talk you out of a whole lot, but when you have a heart-to-heart talk with yourself, you nobody's going to be fooled by that. God's not fooled by it. And if somebody that's close to you, they're not fooled by it either. You know, we have a lot of religious folks, but if you talk, keep talking to them, you know, a lot of people are religious and things like that, but when you keep talking to them, the real them going to come out. The real you is your heart, which you really believe. You know, some saying say, oh, tell me how you really feel. And that's what God is saying. Tell me how you really feel. Do you really believe this or it's just head knowledge? You know, it's like going to school for 12 years. Some things just not going to stick because you haven't put what? You haven't sown it in your heart. It's not intrinsically something that you just do. You know, when it's, your, when it's in your heart, it's something that you don't have to force yourself to do. It's just something that comes natural. You don't even think about it. Those are seeds that are the seed of God's word that have been planted what? In your heart. That's when you know that you got it because it's in your heart. And God knows your heart. You know, sometimes you get under pressure, you may do something that you normally wouldn't do, but God knows your heart. God knows your heart. And he fashioned our hearts. He's changed us. We are new creatures in Christ. And that's why, you know, Andrew Warmack Ministries, uh, he's talking about the spirit, soul, and body. See, your soul may get you off course. Even your body may get you off course. But your spirit, man... Who you really are, God knows who you really are. He knows your heart has changed. He knows that you're a different person. He knows who you are on the inside. And it starts to reflect in who you are as you begin to move in the solical realm and move in your personality. And you, you, some people you've seen, you're like, wow, they're a 360 person. Why? Because God has changed them from the inside out. We need to learn to plant the seeds of God's words in our heart. And when we do, we'll be we'll be the new creature in Christ that we're supposed to be. And that's the truth of the matter. We have to plant the seeds of healing in our heart. And then healing manifests because it's on the inside. On the inside, we know that we know that we know. We know that we know that we know. Amen. And that that's that's just um. So this is the three commentaries that I just wanted to share with you, and um. I just want you to know that God loves you. We love you. We're concerned about you. God loves you even more, and uh, we're instruments and gifts of God to be used to. To, to help you in your in your discipleship and to just encourage you today. So again, we'll be pushing our constant contact information about our change in the schedule um, for this particular um, sessions. And but we will be having corporate prayer on second Sundays uh, of the month, starting September the 13th, and we will be having our first uh, uh, Bible study on Thursday. Um, this coming Thursday, September the 3rd, praise the Lord, at 7 o'clock at Duval.
Um, and we bless you. And for those who can make it tomorrow, please stop by Duval Village uh, Event Center at 930 to 11. Amen. Be blessed. God have a good, uh, be blessed and have a good uh, good day. Thank you.